0: At age 15, my guest, Stephanie Parati knew that she was ready for what was next. High school wasn't it, and she was ready for a new challenge. Today, that's a bit of a norm, right? Not for everybody, but we have programs like dual enrollment where you can accelerate and right, get experiences uh, in college, graduate a bit earlier, and get that, that credit. But back then, when she was 15, nobody had ever asked that question on campus. And that's really one of her superpowers. Stephanie is for sure a ruckus maker, and she's doing some really cool ruckus making work at Arizona State. And we're going to talk about the programs, the future of education. And today's a very open-minded, curious kind of conversation to really enjoy it. I really, really enjoyed it. So I can't wait to bring it to you today. Hey, this is Danny. I am a principal development and retention expert, best-selling author. I host two of the world's most downloaded podcasts. And this show is for ruckus makers, which means you've made three commitments. Number one, you've committed to investing in your continuous growth. You're invested in challenging the status quo. And you're invested in designing the future of school now. We'll be right back after some messages from our show sponsors. Hey, Ruckus Maker, I'll make this quick. If you're listening to this message right now, you're missing out. When you subscribe to the Ruckus Maker newsletter on Substack, you get access to microbooks focused on how to do school different, tools and other resources that will help you make a ruckus and do school different, stories and case studies of the world's most legendary ruckus makers of all time, access to my calendar to schedule coaching sessions, and you'll also get bonus podcast content that won't be released on the main podcast feed and podcast episodes without any advertisements. So if you love this show, if it's helped you grow, and you want access to more tools and resources that will help you make a ruckus and do school different, And become a paid subscriber at ruckusmakers.substack.com. That's ruckusmakers.substack.com. What do the most effective leaders all have in common? After coaching and mentoring thousands of school leaders, I've identified seven key areas that make Ruckus Makers highly effective. When you download the School Leadership Scorecard, you will identify the highest leverage opportunities for you to grow ...in the next 90 days. And you can complete this tool in 10 minutes or less. Get your free copy of the School Leadership Scorecard... ...at betterleadersbetterschools.com... ...slash scorecard. If you could differentiate instruction in 20 minutes or less... ...would you do it for your students? Well, you can with IXL. Over 1 million teachers use IXL because it empowers them... ...to use effective data-informed instruction... Get started today at ixl.com leaders. That's ixl.com leaders. Even the most highly effective ruckus maker can't be in all classrooms offering incredible feedback all the time. So what if teachers could gather their own feedback without relying on you? And not only their own feedback, but meaningful feedback that would improve their instruction. Well, check out the teachfx app by visiting teachfx.com forward slash better leaders, and you can pilot their program today. Go to teachfx.com forward slash better leaders to see how. You know why I love the book, Executive Functions for Every Classroom? It shows teachers exactly how to create a predictable and empowering learning routine, one where every student on your campus would become more independent, focused, and better equipped to succeed academically. Learn the system and enjoy the success that will follow by ordering executive functions for every classroom over at OrganizeBinder.com slash book. That's OrganizeBinder.com slash book. Well, hey, Ruckus Maker, I am really pleased to have Stephanie Parati here with me. Uh, She's doing some really cool stuff and we're about to get into it. She's the director of Arizona State University's Shaping EDU Community she leads the transdisciplinary network of other 4000 K-12 education change makers Stephanie recently created a partnership with Learning Planet Alliance powered by the Learning Planet Institute in Paris and UNESCO and forges new collaborative relationships with ASU and across universities around the world she also serves as an advisor to Refashioned Ventures pioneers in the refashioning of global apparel supply chains, and as an advisor to the Arizona Stitch Lab, a workforce development initiative that teaches industrial sewing skills to Native Americans. Stephanie is also a Lean Six Sigma Yellow Belt and a certified sommelier. Welcome to the show, Stephanie.
1: Thank you, Danny. Glad to be here.
0: Absolutely. So at age 15, you decided you wanted to graduate in a year. And can you tell us what was going on there? Tell us that story.
1: Yeah. I was just kind of done with high school. I was ready for the rest of the stuff that comes after that. <laughs> so, uh, in order to make that happen, I took summer school classes, um, and worked it out with my, uh, counselor that I could graduate early and, um, spent my last semester actually taking some community college classes and high school classes. So that was uh, something that I cobbled together. And I'm, I'm glad we now live in a world that uh, makes that a little bit easier for folks. So dual enrollment sure. is an option for years 11 and 12. And um, yeah, there's a, a lot of different ways to get to where you want to be faster now.
0: Yeah. Do you remember the school, you know, did anything to make it easier or more challenging to, to accomplish that?
1: I think the most challenging part was that no one had ever asked the question mm. and no one had ever you know, mapped that out for themselves. So it was uh, forcing the school administration to think a little bit differently and that wasn't comfortable for them, but some of them embraced it and some of them fought me on it, but here I am. <laughs>
0: here you are. I think there's... Probably a superpower of yours. I know I'm, I'm just still getting to know you, but asking questions, right? That people haven't asked before, uh, seems like that's in your wheelhouse. Uh, are there any
1: absolutely
0: questions these days that you're really interested in asking as re- in regards to, uh, probably education, I guess.
1: Oh, so many questions. Um, I think one of the big ones is, is you know, as we look at democratizing and decentralizing education journeys why? Why are we doing things the way that we have been for 100 years? I mean, if you look yeah. back 100 years ago from 2023, we, that was the first instance, uh, documented instance of the radio being brought into a classroom. So we're still playing by the rules that were put in place before we have all the technology that we now have and uh, how we best lean into that and best utilize that. I think there's just a ton of questions around that.
0: Sure. Any thoughts on uh, chat GPT that you want to share? I know that it's interesting seeing schools respond, right? Absolutely. And especially the schools and systems that are just like, we'll ban it, we'll block it as if people can't access it. I've certainly been leveraging it in my work, but I'm just curious what your thoughts might be.
1: I think the sooner you embrace it, make friends with it, and find ways to let AI help you be more efficient and productive, um, the better we'll be. And I think that when when we graduate students now, they're expected to have AI skills. And yeah. preventing them from using AI isn't going to help them get a job.
0: <laughs> yeah, right.
1: Yeah. And K through twelve is I, I just gave a presentation at an AI conference a couple of weeks ago, and and the K through twelve folks seemed most dismayed at uh how this would affect standardized testing. Oh, no. So if, yeah, if <laughs> if kids can't write on their own on the fly, how are they going to pass standardized testing, which leads to a whole other series of questions about why standardized testing exists. But um, I think what we need to focus on is really readying our students to be successful in, in life and in their careers and teaching them how to use AI and using AI ourselves will do nothing but help that.
0: I'm curious why they think that students won't learn or know how to write leveraging AI.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's so interesting that, you know, there's a lot of uh, plagiarism detection tools and things of that nature, which you can game that system and, and ask chat GPT to, to rewrite something for you several times and uh, get it to a point where it's less chat GPT ish. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I, I think that we really need to focus on how we can best utilize that. And Bill Gates released a, uh, a nice long letter a few months ago about maybe we let students turn in their first draft straight out of chat GPT. Let's just put our cards on the table, right? And <clears> then <throat> they show how they improve it from there. And that's actually what they're being evaluated on rather than you know the initial draft.
0: Yeah. I'm going to look up that article. I haven't seen it. Sounds really interesting. And if we're able to, we'll try to link it up on the show notes. Can I share just three ways I've used it recently? Is that all right?
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: So the other day I was super tired and I needed to write an email inviting people to my live Denver mastermind experience that we're having this summer in July. Now I had written original work in 8 page like letter that explains right the benefits of coming uh, all the stuff you'll get, you know, why, why this is an awesome opportunity for school leaders. It's about a six minute read and I say a two minute decision. So I said to chat GPT, take this letter and create an email inviting ruckus makers to come. Uh, and then I just pasted the whole letter that I wrote in there. Right. Then I took a nap, Stephanie. 20 minutes later, I woke up. <laughs> the email was written. Right. Wow. Now this is really cool. And I would say that. I liked about 80% of what it said, you know, in terms of my voice and tone and what I wanted to communicate. Right. And I revised about 20% of it, click send, and a number of people applied to the program and are now coming to Denver. So I was able to nap. Uh, It captured my voice. It wasn't perfect. So I revised it and put myself into it. And it was effective because those leaders will now be served, right, in Denver and who knows if I was too tired, or whatever I might not have ever sent that email
1: anything that carves out nap time for you is is uh oh my book yeah
0: it's good I mean yeah, 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 totally. I tested it with a social post today, so we'll just see how it performs just about communication skills and I just wanted to see what it would come up with and then the uh, other thing I recently did, I said I asked it to write a white paper that's twenty five hundred to five thousand words using at least ten uh sources, you know yeah in And talking about the challenges of retaining principles and why our leadership community, the masterminds a great solution for that and of course, I'm not going to use everything that it created, but I haven't been creating this report for months you know i it's a brilliant idea i just' didn't, I haven't prioritized the time now it's written, and I could revise and work with the team to make it you know something that we can give away and be proud of but i you know, it found awesome stuff to research and things that I wasn't even aware of. So I see it just as a teammate. You know, it's part of the team now and it helps me be more f- efficient and effective. So this shows about you, but they, thank you for allowing me to share that. So
1: I would add to that, that, um, you know, you should really think about AI tools as ingredients in a recipe, right? Yeah. So you, you know what you want to make. Maybe you don't know exactly how to get there and it can help you. Uh, all the various things that you can do with AI can help you get the, get to where you want to go, uh, um, more efficiently. And, and I would ask people to take a minute and, and go to Futurepedia. Uh, Futurepedia is actually a list of about 1500 AI tools. They're adding new ones every day, broken into about 50 categories. Yeah. So if there's something you think you might be able to do with AI, go there, find a tool, play around with it. Most of the stuff on there is free. So. Um yeah, just explore.
0: Unbelievable. Yeah. That's so that's so cool. And I, I bet the school response was similar to calculators, to the internet, right? Like what this yes. what is this emergent technology? So we yeah, we do have to figure out how to embrace it. Last time I checked, I mean, kids are still critically thinking, like the internet didn't destroy humanity. Uh and then calculators, like people still do math, right? So
1: Exactly. You know, and it's really I like to, to draw that analogy between AI and calculators also and also Wikipedia. Oh yeah. And when Wikipedia came out, people thought that was going to end the world and it's, it just is what it is. I mean, you take it with a grain of salt, you look at the sources and, you know, decide for yourself, but really creativity and critical thinking, as you mentioned, are, are the two things that the human needs to, you know, activate in, in order to get a product that is truly uh, where it needs to be, and, and that will never change.
0: So, uh, in 2018, you invited change makers to Arizona State University to discuss the biggest challenges facing education. Uh, do you remember what some of those challenges were? We were just sort of talking about some now that are emerging, but yeah, back then, what was the conversation?
1: AI was actually one of those. How do we prepare for AI to be a powerful force in education? Another one of those was uh, connectivity and where we have, in Arizona, we have 22 tribes and some of them have figured this out and some of them need help. And uh, I'm actually doing a tour uh, over the next couple of months with the Digital Equity Institute, a listening tour, uh, where we're going to go into the communities and find out what their challenges are. And um, this is something that the state of Arizona asked for uh, so we can figure out how to best invest money. So people can get, uh, you know, connected and be part of the digital universe.
0: Right. And tell me about this uh, Shaping EDU program. Who's it for and what's it for?
1: Sure. So we've got about 4,000 of our own ruckus makers. <laughs> uh, these are education change makers around the world, ranging from education futurists to educators, transdisciplinary educators, um, students, uh, ed tech developers, uh, we're really looking at how we can collectively, uh, change the way that lifelong learners learn and how educators educate. Um, and so we, we create free resources to give back to the community to take back to their communities of practice. And in doing that, we hope to foster change.
0: Brilliance. And, you know, leadership's about choosing edges. Something that your program chose is to provide resources for free. So can you tell me about that decision?
1: Yeah. We, we want to help everyone, not just those that can afford to, uh, or work in a district that can afford to pay for specific things or, uh, you know, whether you have budget or not, which it happens to all of us at some point, you just right. hit a wall with budget and, but you still want to make amazing things happen. Right. So, um, by creating these resources, which can be events, they can be, um, toolkits. Uh, we have f- quite a few different things on- online that um, you can access for free. And we hope that everyone shares those. That's really the point of it all is to um, help everyone, not just specific um, affluent areas.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Appreciate that generosity. Yeah. I do have a for-profit, you know, leadership community that like is a part of the program and business, but we do, like I'm doing a training tonight on entry plans. There's Tons of resources, video trainings, all that kind of podcast, right? All these things are free. So very much aligned in that. Uh, but sometimes I do have to charge so I can eat. <laughs> so, it's all good.
1: Well, we're fortunate to be part of the, uh, within the AS2 umbrella, but yeah. the most of our our uh, funding comes from sponsorships from folks that also Want to be change makers. Uh, robots and pencils is a digital innovation agency. They do mm. amazing work uh, with the university and with tons of other clients and folks like that, Microsoft, AWS. They want to be part of making education better.
0: Right. And what's the five focus areas of shaping EDU?
1: Sure. So uh, we change them up a little bit each year based on what's transpired and, and what we see ahead uh, on the horizon. But right now we're focused on uh, democratizing and decentralizing education journeys. Those are alternative education journeys. So that's kind of curating your own education experience. Um, we're focused on designing learning environments, both physical and virtual. So, uh, we have a project and that we're building out a future classroom that is AI empowered. Um, and that'll be launched this fall on ASU campus. We're also focusing on integrating AI and, and uh, embracing it and utilizing that. And we have an event coming up this Thursday, um, AI in Higher Education, or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and love AI Tools. A little shout out to Stanley Kubrick there. <laughs> and then we have two, what I kind of call the softer side of shaping EDU. And those are two integrated uh, components. One is holistic wellness of educators and learners um, In that, we're looking directly at the mental health crisis and how we can use technology to address some of the concerns around that. And that sits nicely with our playful pedagogy, um, Call to Action, which we're looking at gamified learning, game-based learning, how esports affects how we teach and learn, and what it means to bring joy back to the classroom, the learning experience for both educators and for learners. In doing that and combining all of those, those pieces, I think, uh, we're looking at how we attract new learners and new educators into the education world. The average, uh, K through 12 teacher stays in the classroom for five years now. Um, how can we make that experience more enjoyable for them? So they feel like they're making a difference in, uh, wherever they may be. And, um, yeah, I mean, we want learners to continue to learn and really foster creativity and curiosity. And I think that's all part of a big puzzle. But those are the the pieces that we're focused on.
0: Yeah. You know, if education was more fun, right? It had more joy, I think, uh, ruckus makers would certainly, well, they are sticking around, but uh, the average educator would certainly be sticking around as well. I like to think that BOBS, you know, we're putting fun into school leadership. A lot of folks come to our uh spaces and experiences depleted, burnt out, you know, that kind of thing, or on empty. And I see them leaving with a smile on their face, you know, and a, a little bit of a, you know, a swagger, I could even say. And we have a we're very playful, right? You can see behind me, right. folks that catch the video will see it. But those listening to the podcast, I have a, I have a, yeah, just a value that I call rule number six. Which is a story, the story's first told in the Art of Possibility, which is a lovely book. But the punchline of the story, I'll just share that, is don't take yourself too seriously. Right. And the work of education, very serious. Leadership, very serious. Like the content of it, but you don't have uh, a serious leader. Like, that's not too fun. So, you know, we we play with that, and I think people really um, really appreciate it. Can you can you talk a bit more about? Just play in education and, and, you know, why that's so important.
1: Yeah, I I think we we need to look at this from a couple of angles. One is just interjecting joy into the experience, right? Because if the teacher is having fun teaching and the student's having fun learning, everybody wins. There's no downside to that. And what teacher doesn't want to teach the class that every kid wants to go to and is excited to go to and talks to their friends about? I mean, that's really cool, Right. Um so I think that's a big part of it. And I, I think we also need to look at the the fact that most kids under 18 play video games every day, every single day.
0: Even kids that are uh 44 I'm almost forty-five.
1: Yes. Big kids, little kids, all the kids. <laughs> yeah. No, it's really important to think about the expectations that kids have coming into a class about how quickly they get feedback, um, how they're used to working. With teams, uh, which is some part of a lot of, of video games as well, and then you know also thinking about the the type of progress that they're used to making within a video game. They want to see that instant reward, and they want to know that they've moved on to to next thing. so they want their accomplishments marked, and uh, that really need to be part of how we we teach and learn, but it's also fun, you know they're having fun, they're having a good time. And that's part of what draws them back to playing video games. So with all that in mind, you know, that's what we're exploring how, how all those pieces work together. And I'm working with a group out of Colorado called professors at play, because it seems at some point, um, I, I think really in, in middle school, high school, this happens, play stops being a priority. And we can look at our friends in Nordic countries who prioritize the time at school for being for work and then after school being for play and connecting with their community. It's not so much the case in the state. So I think we need to interject fun wherever we can into the learning experience and get people excited about learning.
0: For sure. and You know, anytime I play, I realize that a lot of my epiphanies and light bulb moments is because my subconscious is chewing and and sorting out, right? The big challenges that I face. Absolutely. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, I got the answer. And that's because I took time to... Again, not be always uh, efforting like through everything and putting in more hours and stuff, but allowing my brain to wander or whatever, and then all of a sudden the brilliant idea you know I want is there. Um, so thank you, thank you for sharing about
1: Jesus flowing.
0: Yeah, for sure, getting the Jesus flow. Uh, I know that you, you really care about mental health, right, and resiliency and retention.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, for the ruckus makers watching or listening. What's something that just really practical they could do on campus to prioritize mental health resiliency and retention?
1: I think that our folks at, um, uh, at Fandy Hook have a great program in which they tell people to just say hello. It's the simplest okay. thing, right? So you yeah. see somebody who may, might look a little lonely and I'm sure a lot of us have seen that, that, um, Report that came out about the epidemic of loneliness from our friends in the uh, federal government, and I, that it's just a little small thing, but absolutely, just say hello to people. Um, if somebody's looking a little put out, try to connect with them, um, I think that that will solve a lot of problems. And there's a an AI tool that I just discovered over the weekend called Pi P I. Okay, and it's a personal AI chatbot and um it it's focused on wellness and it asks you questions that you would it's a little bit like being in therapy i guess i mean it, they're asking really okay yeah some probing questions and if you're just frustrated about something and feel like you need to vent or or um you know just seek a, a another opinion on a particular topic then that tool is there for you and it's free so i think we'll start seeing more and more tools like that from AI that will, that'll be helpful. But if you encounter someone that's struggling and maybe they don't feel comfortable talking to you, you could direct them to an AI tool that they would feel probably safer open up to. Yeah.
0: Interesting. That's absolutely fascinating. You know, I'm doing this um, two year mindfulness and meditation certification, because I think that's a great way to serve, you know, especially leaders in our, our community just creating that space with, Ages ago, 2016, we read a book called Search Inside Yourself, which was about this uh, Google engineer, Chade Ming Tan, who um, uh, started, helped start Google, but then started teaching the most most popular, I guess, class on campus, which was like mindfulness. So long story short, I think what you're talking about is just like saying hello acknowledges somebody's humanity. Yeah. We get so busy, right? With the work and the you tasks think? and all the stuff and like live, in, live inside. And forget there's all, there's all this going on. Like, what are we working for? And if you forget the human beings, right? It's, Absolutely. what's the point? So appreciate you
1: yeah.
0: bringing that up. Of course. As a school leader, time is your greatest resource. And there is a real sense of urgency when it comes to getting students what they need right now. That's why I love the IXL, Universal Screener. In 20 minutes or less, you can identify students in need of intervention. And IXL's adaptive platform makes differentiating instruction easy. As students learn, IXL adjusts to the right level of difficulty for each individual kid. Get started today at IXL.com leaders. That's IXL.com leaders. What do you see in your classrooms? And how did you see it? As a principal, you can't be everywhere at once. So how can you help support every teacher in the building? With TeachFX, teachers can gather their own feedback without relying on classroom observations. The TeachFX instructional coaching app is like giving every teacher their own instructional coach whenever they want it. Ruckus makers can pilot TeachFX with their teachers. Visit teachfx.com forward slash better leaders to learn how. That's teachfx.com forward slash leaders. If you're a leader who is passionate about creating more engaging and impactful learning environments, executive functions for every classroom is for you. Many teachers find themselves spending too much time on managing their students, which leaves little time for actual teaching. But executive functions for every classroom offers a solution. It provides teachers with practical strategies to help students develop critical executive functioning skills. When teachers create a predictable and empowering learning routine, every student on your campus will become more independent, focused, and better equipped to succeed academically. That's what you can expect on your campus when you implement the system as described in executive functions for every classroom. So head over to OrganizedBinder.com slash book to get executive functions for every classroom. Grab it for yourself and all your teachers over at OrganizedBinder.com slash book. Uh, I want to check in, you know, during our pre-talk, there was a program launch in the Global Cafe in April. And so if that did still launch, what was that project all about? And if not, we'll just move on.
1: (laughs) Sure. <laughs> we're actually launching it this Thursday.
0: Oh, okay. That's this Thursday, right?
1: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so that will be a point where we can, uh a place where we can go to continue the conversations, right? So we're, for instance, we're doing an event um this Thursday about AI and higher ed. And uh, what do we do after that? Everybody's, you know, having conversations. We don't just want to cut them off and send people on their way. Uh We'd like to have them continue the conversation, share resources. So as we're talking about books and articles and things like that, we can drop that, that in there. Um, and as we're working on a project together, we have folks all over the world collaborating on, on developing these free resources. And, um, we're now part of Learning Planet Alliance and, and, uh, UNESCO and Learning Planet Institute. And to have that breadth and depth of knowledge around the world, um, let's capture that. Let's bring everybody together and give them a space to chat. So. That's really what it's about. And everything in there, um, is all the illustrations in there are hand drawn because I, I think that adds a level of humanity and authenticity. Uh, and that's the vibe that we're going for. So it's a, a little bit of shenanigans and a lot of authenticity. You blend that together and you have people having fun collaborating with each other.
0: Sounds very fun. Cool. So that's Logic Thursday. If you're catching the video, then, uh, check that out. If you are listening to podcasts, it's already happened, but. If folks go to shapingedu.asu.edu, they can get involved, right, in the next ones. Is that correct? That's, okay.
1: that's where to go. There's a direct link on the site to, to the to cafe. And to, the idea of calling it a cafe is about you can stop by for four minutes or four hours and really enjoy uh, connecting with the people that share your passions, um, learning something new, Reading a couple of articles, finding out about a new book—all um, but that stuff can happen in there, and you can make friends around the world. I love it.
0: Last question before I get to the ones I ask all oh, my guests: I'm just curious, you know, uh, about the power of what-if thinking. You know, a lot of uh, I like to say the play it safe principles—they struggle with cultures and people who are that'll never work, right? Ruckus makers—they figure out how to. Uh, hear people's objections, challenges, or whatever, and actually create create the path right to accomplishing the dream by turning around those challenges, and then actually build the capacity of their their staff to be more open minded and curious. But yeah, how do you how do you approach or leverage what if thinking?
1: So we're all about uh, solution engineering, and to me, solution engineering is a blend of future thinking, constant improvement. You know, human centered thinking, we, we put that together and we come up with solutions. So as we're discussing challenges that are out in the world or on the horizon, we ask people to reframe those challenges as how might we questions? And rather than what I like to call navel gazing, just, Oh, this is terrible. And, you know, what are we going to do? Let's actually come up with solutions to get to where we want to be and work backwards from there. Um, I think that's really the power of the Shaping U community is that they can come together and find other people that share that that passion for uh, making education better. And, and we can do that together.
0: Awesome. All right, we made it to the last three questions. The first one is about your school marquee. If you could put a message on all school marquees around the world for just a day, what would your message read?
1: I think I would put ruckus makers are changing the world. Hey, all right. Approved. I
0: approve that message for sure. (laughs) Brilliant.
1: You know, in addition to that, I would put stay curious because curiosity and resilience are just really what, what life's all about.
0: Absolutely. And Stephanie, if you were building your dream school, right? You were not constrained by resources. Your only limitation was your ability to imagine. What would be the three guiding principles building this school?
1: Ooh. Are you talking about the physical structure or just the culture of the school? It's an open-ended question. Ah, (laughs) um, I would say the first one would be embrace nature. Um, I would want the school to be biophilically designed and uh, connect the folks inside the built structure with nature as much as possible. Um, Natural light, sunshine, plants, all of the things that that we need to uh, center ourselves and, and be creative and happy the other part of it would be community i think finding ways for people to connect whether that's in a team structure or a classroom structure or allowing the uh the actual educators to connect as well and finding ways for them to work together that would be a, a big part of it and um curiosity i would reflect what's on the marquee out front
0: <laughs> absolutely
1: and uh, make sure that people are nurturing their own curiosity and creativity
0: brilliance We covered a lot of ground today, Stephanie. Of everything we discussed, what's the one thing you want a ruckus maker to remember?
1: You are not alone. There is a community of folks out there that uh, share your passion and want to uh, work together to make education better around the world. Uh, So stay strong and uh, persevere, be resilient and be curious.
0: Thanks for listening to the Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast, Ruckus Maker. How would you like to lead with confidence, swap exhaustion for energy, turn your critics into cheerleaders, and so much more? The Ruckus Maker Mastermind is a world-class leadership program designed for growth-minded school leaders just like you. Go to betterleadersbetterschools.com slash mastermind. Learn more about our program and fill out the application. We'll be in touch within 48 hours to talk how we can help you be even more effective. And by the way, we have cohorts that are diverse and mixed up. We also have cohorts just for women in leadership and a BIPOC-only cohort as well. When you're ready to level up, go to betterleadersbetterschools.com slash mastermind and fill out the application. Thanks again for listening to the show. Bye for now and go make a ruckus.